here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811. We will jump in with both feet into the Joe Biden document scandal in a moment. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day in the United States, a national holiday to recognize a great civil rights leader. And one of the things he was great about was his view of his fellow human being. His entire effort and emphasis was that everybody should be treated as human individuals, regardless of their race. And he made famous the line about a colorblind society. That the color of your skin shouldn't matter, it's the content of your character. And when I was doing research on American Marxism and really digging into critical race theory and the Marxist ties to critical race theory, critical race theory rejects Martin Luther King Jr. Its authors, its speech givers, they reject Martin Luther King Jr. too. Our public schools and classrooms reject Martin Luther King Jr. Many Democrats reject Martin Luther King Jr. Joe Biden, previously segregationist and racist, he today rejects Martin Luther King Jr. despite yesterday giving a speech at Ebenezer Church, Martin Luther King's church, and his speech today. Because Joe Biden has pushed the effort of critical race theory. And the view that you're a racist, regardless of who you are as an individual human being, regardless of how you live your life, because of the color of your sin, and you are oppressed, regardless of how you live your life, and if you're a minority. 
so Joe Biden does not represent Martin Luther King's view. Our public schools do not recognize Martin Luther King Jr.'s view. The Democrat Party, the media, do not recognize Martin Luther King Jr.'s view of mankind. Because the racism and racialism that's being pushed is opposite, is repugnant to Martin Luther King's view. But the Democrat Party can't help itself. Virtually its entire existence has been formed around the idea of racism. Whether it was racism against black Americans, from the time close to its founding, up into the 50s and 60s, anti-black racism to its position today, which is anti-white racism. It has to engage in racism. It always has. And apparently it always will. So when we celebrate the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr., his history, what he did, the horrific assassination. It is important that we remember that the racism today that is camouflaged as something positive is still racism as it would have been yesterday. Now, Joe Biden. First of all, Joe Biden still has a media, a Praetorian Guard media. Now, remember, Jake Tapper started his career as a Democrat mouthpiece for Handgun Control Inc., for Marjorie Mezvinsky, a uh, one-term congressperson, um, not unlike uh, others who report these days, Chuck Todd, Democrat, his wife is a Democrat operative. They're very upset. They've been gleeful, celebratory, about the effort to criminalize the Presidential Records Act and to criminalize um, the Espionage Act against a former president, something that's never been done in our history. The Records Act does not have a criminal enforcement or criminal liability mechanism. And, of course, the Espionage Act is something that wasn't ever intended to apply against the president, even when it was first passed 105 years ago by Woodrow Wilson and his Democrats. I want you to get a sense of this as we lay the foundation, as we lawyers say. And this is why you should not watch Jake Tapper on Sunday and Chuck Todd on Sunday. Most of you don't. That's why their ratings are tanking and my ratings are strong. Let's listen to James Comer and Jake Tapper. Cut three, go. There's a big difference in how President Biden and his team reacted and how President Trump and his team reacted. The FBI searched Mar-a-Lago because Trump for more than a year refused to turn over documents to the National Archives and the Justice Department, which was trying to get them back into secure hands. Trump and his lawyers lied about it. Trump lied about not having classified documents, did not keep them in a secure location, did not comply with the subpoena, but said he had. And that that search warrant, which Trump forced out into the open through his legal machinations, 
That cited laws that Trump might have violated, including the Espionage Act. All right, let's stop. That is an outrageous piece of demographic, of, of a demagogic crap. You're a liar, Jake Tapper. A liar. They weren't trying for a year. But even if they were, they were negotiating, and that's what they do. There was no obstruction. They were negotiating. There was no need to criminalize it. The FBI had access to Mar-a-Lago. The FBI knew where the documents were in Mar-a-Lago. The FBI told the former president's staff to put another lock on the door at Mar-a-Lago. They denied, as we learned on Sunday, on Life, Liberty, and Levin from Jim Trusty, a skiff. They would not permit the National Archives a skiff to be built in Mar-a-Lago, which every former president has had because a former president can ask to read even classified information that is as new as today. Did you know that? Vice presidents don't get skiffs. Vice presidents don't get classified readings. They don't have access to classified documents. And of course, as I've explained, and now the backbenchers have regurgitated, a president can declassify anything and classify anything. Why? Because the president is the executive branch under our Constitution. That's why. A vice president is not and has no such powers. So if a president decides to take a classified document with him into retirement, the assumption is, the implication is, it's declassified for those purposes. It doesn't mean a sitting president can't call it back or demand it back, but that's the implication, period. But it's certainly not a crime because we know as a matter of fact that Obama did not turn over all his classified information to the National Archives because these documents that Biden had were Obama administration documents. We know as a matter of fact that the National Archives lied when it said it had secured all of Obama's classified and unclassified documents because these were Obama's classified Documents that we're now finding, or Biden's lawyers are claiming to find. So when Jake Tapper gets on there, he's all worked up that there's a big difference. There is a big difference. What Joe Biden has done is far worse as a matter of law, as a matter of constitutional law, than anything Donald Trump did that his documents at Mar-a-Lago were far more secure than Joe Biden's. Joe Biden didn't even know where his documents were. He was surprised, he says, to learn of their existence. And, of course, Jake Tapper and we don't even have all the facts yet. The facts that we have now are bad enough. What was going on before November 2nd to motivate... A, uh, a hack lawyer, and that's what she is, to go into his closet and to find this file marked private with classified information in it. Why wasn't the FBI 
immediately after it was informed on November 4th by the National Archives. Why wasn't the FBI sent into his office, sent into his Wilmington, Delaware home and his Rehoboth home, sent into Hunter Biden's various places to secure any documents that might be there? They would have secured five weeks earlier the classified documents that were sitting in his garage in Wilmington, Delaware, next to his Corvette. They would have secured the one document they later found at his home. They would have secured the six additional documents they found over the weekend. How did the FBI determine not to look at his facilities? Why was a subpoena not issued? And were any Biden lawyers or anybody else required to sign a document representing that this is all they knew about under penalty of perjury. See, Jake Tapper is not a reporter. He's not a newsman. Jake Tapper is a left-wing Democrat, intellectually corrupt. And that's why, that's why he now reports for the lowest-rated news cable channel in America. The Constipated News Network. Go ahead. It's my understanding that President Trump did let the National Archives go through on numerous occasions, Mar-a-Lago looking at the documents. What my understanding is, and again, we don't know because we haven't been briefed, was that President Trump was arguing with National Archives over what is classified and what is not. As we've heard the president say before, the president has the authority to declassify documents. Now, the question is whether or not the president actually declassified the documents. The vice president does not have the authority to declassify. Actually, the vice, the vice president so, does so have there's the, a big the, difference. The, the vice president. Did he just say the vice president does have that authority? Go ahead. Does. I'm not saying we that, don't know. We, we, the vice we, president excuse does me, have that. Excuse me, Jake Tapper. You're an ignoramus. The vice president does not have independent authority to declassify documents. He's not the head of the executive branch. He absolutely does not. So why did you say that? Because they're desperate. They have to lie. And the new lie is this was... Mar-a-Lago was much worse than what Biden did. The, the, the opposite is true, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead. We disagree that the vice president does. It's a matter of fact... The reason the president does is because of the Constitution. Did something happen to Barack Obama that enabled his vice president to declassify information? No. It did not. But there's more. Cut four. Go. What are you saying to viewers who don't understand why President Biden's documents seem like a big priority for you? But President Trump, who took hundreds more documents, did not comply with the subpoena, did not reach out to the National Archives or the Justice Department to say, hey. I will help you because time is of the essence and I don't have enough time to waste with Jake Tapper's idiocy. Donald Trump's been treated to the criminal process. Joe Biden was not. Just because you're issued a subpoena doesn't mean you bow over back backwards 
and give everybody what they want. You negotiate it. You negotiate it. It's not a criminal process. And it turns out the National Archives has been politicized. That's what I say, Jake. Are you now persuaded? Of course you're not. You're a hack. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Um, more, we only have a minute here, more on this after the bottom of the hour. So a footnote here, I saw this guy, good from Virginia on uh, TV. I forget who he was with on Fox. I think it was Cavuto. And he said they've now empowered the Speaker of the House, McCarthy, to fight, and if necessary, they don't want to, but shut down the government as the, perhaps the only tool they have to fight the big spending. No, you didn't empower him or anybody else, Mr. Good. The Republicans already agreed to that among themselves. That wasn't one of the things you got, quote-unquote. The debt ceiling issue had already been resolved that they were going to fight this. So I just want you folks to understand the rewriting of history. All that said, I'm glad they're united now. The government's been shut down 20 times in the last half century, and it's still there bigger than ever. It was shut time six time, down six times under Ronald Reagan. If that's what has to happen, then that's what has to happen. I'll be right back. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. 
Another footnote, and then we'll get back to this. I have Stephen A. Smith on at the top of the next hour. And this goes to this debate took place the other week and elsewhere. And notice I commented that, you know, when I was a young guy and I would watch Milton Friedman on PBS and read his fantastic books and Tom Soule, God bless him, he's still with us doing his writing and uh, would read National Review and watch Firing Line and so many of these fantastic great conservatives. And I worked in the Reagan campaigns in 76 and 80 and the Reagan administration and I took to them all. But I never agreed with them 100% of the time. Agreed with them a lot but not 100% of the time. When Reagan picked Schweiker as his running mate in 1976 as a last-ditch effort to defeat Gerald Ford, I was very disappointed. But it didn't write a diatribe or smear the guy. I wanted him to win in 1980, and he did. And I wasn't thrilled that he picked Bush, George H.W. Bush, but he had a fantastic presidency. And I could go down the list. I never thought that it was betrayal that he picked Schweiker. I understood exactly what was going on. Or betrayal by any of these men or women. These are good people. They set the foundation for the pushback against modern Marxism, the New Deal, and the rest. It's very interesting, you know, as a Jew, we have, we all have it, but you may have heard of the Talmud, which is, which is a holy, I guess I'll call it a book, the Midrash. And these are writings fairly ancient writings by some of the most brilliant rabbis handed down from generation to generation. And uh, it's the kind of literature that is studied. Not just read, studied. And what are the core features that is taught by the Talmud is debate. Disagree, debate, and you can disagree and debate with somebody you revere. It can be your own rabbi. Somebody you revere. But it's also abundantly clear that you can debate, but the philosophy is to debate the substance, not the integrity of the individual. I'm not talking about us debating Marxists and leftists. I'm talking about among ourselves. Conservatives. And this is something I think that a a lot of young guys and gals in particular who want to make names for themselves, who want to be the go-to columnists, who want to hear their names on radio and on Fox, who want to be the next Buckley or the next... Milton Freeman, or the next Tom Solar, however, whomever. This is something they don't comprehend. 
Some of them are Jewish, but not all of them. The brass knuckles against the enemy is one thing. But if you revere somebody or something, or you respect and admire them, you can challenge them. You can debate them. You can disagree with them until you're blue in the face. But you don't treat them as the enemy. So this has been handed down through Talmudic philosophy for Jews for a very long time. For a very, very long time. And it's something I have lived by. When I served in the Reagan administration for eight years, I didn't agree with everything Ronald Reagan did. But I didn't resign in protest and start smash-mouthing the man. Same with my support. I initially supported Ted Cruz in the Republican primary in 2016. Then I supported Donald Trump. And I've supported his, his innocence through all these attacks on him. Probably like few others. And yet I don't always agree with Donald Trump. But you see the lack of character where people just step out, they start trashing him or they're grifters, they try to make money. All this goes against Tamaldic law. All this goes against my belief system, my personal character. So when I see others do this, and often to me, but also to Sean and to other people, I say, you know what? You're not a thinker. You're not a scholar. You might be a wannabe, and that's what you're always going to be. That's why I almost never read the comments on social media. The television ratings on Life, Liberty, and Levin are as strong as they've ever been. They were last week. They will be this week. The radio ratings are very, very strong. In fact, we have more support than ever before. Sponsors, uh, radio stations, radio companies. So this hasn't affected the broad listenership, the vast majority of whom agree with me. But I don't have a problem with people disagreeing. Conservatives disagreeing with each other. This is how I grew up. We would debate. We would debate. I'd debate in high school. I would debate in college. Conservatives. Libertarians. We debated all the time. And afterwards, we were good friends. But the idea that people should have should should resign from their positions the idea that people should be trashed as they don't meet the standard are you kidding me i'm 65 years old i've been fighting this cause however you want to define it since i was 13 and i'm not alone there are many others and you have the never trumpers They're the same exact way. They're no damn good. They have the least character of anybody. Again, disagree all you want. 
but the venom and the hate. And you claim to be the true Republicans or the true conservatives. Is pathetic. A complete lack of character. I just point that out. Why? Because about once a week, I have this fantastic Chabad rabbi. And I want Gentiles to hear this too. About once a week, on Monday mornings, I have about a one-hour session with a Chabad rabbi, my Chabad rabbi. And he once said to me, about a year ago, before we did this, what do you want to learn? I said, I want to learn history. That's what I love. I want to learn the history that goes way, way back. And so this is what we, we talk to each other about. And of course, the Talmud is very, very important to us. And as I was listening to this, got to thinking to myself. It's very inspiring. Christians, I recommend you do the same thing in your faith. Other faiths do the same thing. Faith is very, very important. It influences your politics. It influences how you treat other people. How you know friend from foe. Why you revere certain people. Why you revere certain philosophies and so forth. Very, very important. I guess that's more than a footnote since I I broke off from Joe Biden. But we're going to... We're going to return to Joe Biden when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision, and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. So, uh, Raphael Warnock is asked on ABC's This Week, if the Biden classified documents should have been revealed before the midterm elections, which he won by the skin of his teeth. Cut eight, go. Do you think the White House knew about this back in November, even before the midterms? Do you think that they should have told us about this earlier? Uh, I'm glad to see that the president uh, and his administration are cooperating uh, and they should continue to cooperate. All right, let's a- stop. Let's stop with the big line, the propaganda. They're cooperating like they have a choice. 
You see, Jake and Raphael, there was not a subpoena issued against Biden and his people. Nothing there to negotiate. He sat on these documents for six years. Cooperate, they say. Cooperate is not part of either statute that they're looking at. They're trying to hang that on Trump. The lack of cooperation, a.k.a. obstruction. It's a lie. And so they take that lie from the Department of Justice against Trump, and they keep saying, but see, our guy Biden, he didn't do those things. No, Biden had no power to declassify. He sat on the documents for six years. They're in multiple locations. There was never a subpoena issued. So when they say he's cooperated, he's taken his good damn time. Anyway, go ahead. And we need to get to the bottom of this or we don't see this kind of thing happen again. Uh, but, but, but should they have said us, told us about it in November? I mean, there, there's some, some Republicans are alleging cover-up. Even some Democrats have expressed some concern. Well, look, the Justice Department is engaged in the investigation, and that's one of the questions that, that I think uh, they will explore. And I don't want to get in front of that investigation. It has nothing to do with the investigation. The question is, should the White House have revealed it before the election? nothing to do with the investigation but you can see it doesn't matter it's of no consequence so it has been a cover-up and others have not called a cover-up I've called it a cover-up I've called it a cover-up behind this microphone on Levin TV in two Sundays in a row now on my Fox show Life, Liberty and Levin so Raphael won't answer Now, let's see how Chuck Todd conducted himself as Senator Ron Johnson. Now, Chuck Todd is an all-time Democrat. His wife makes a fortune as a consultant to Democrats. Chuck Todd should never have been given a news job. First of all, he's an incompetent. Second of all, he's a boob. And third of all, he's a Democrat hack. Count one, go. Do you have a crime that you think Hunter Biden committed? Because I've yet to see anybody... Explain, it is not a crime to make money off your last name. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Actually, that's not just what he's doing with his last name. God, are you so stupid? Would somebody tell you this? What? If, in fact, you're selling influence, that is a crime. Selling influence is a crime. Uh... A no-show job or a no-show position where you're earning millions and millions of dollars because your name is Biden, that's selling influence. You have no idea what, uh, what Hunter Biden has told his father. We have plenty of evidence on the laptop that his father was engaged. And that's the purpose of an investigation, Todd. I'm fairly certain there's tax violations we now learned just recently that daddy was paying him perhaps $50,000 a month to rent the home, or vice versa? Well, who owned the home? Who's doing what? Did you look into that, Chuck? And, of course, we've had Republicans who've been prosecuted for not registering as foreign agents. And if anybody represented the Communist Chinese, it was certainly Hunter and his gang, So there you have some information, Chuck. Go ahead. 
Chuck, you ought to read the Marco Polo report. Uh, where they detail all kinds of potential crimes. You know, Senator Grassley. Oh, actually, oh, oh, let me just stop you there. The, potential. Uh, about, this about, is about, 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 about potential about, is about, about thirty thousand. Potential 30, is innuendo. Innuendo. Now listen to this thunderhead. I don't have the power. Ron Johnson doesn't have the power. Grassley doesn't have the power to convict somebody of a crime. That's why the senator is saying potential violations of law. It's not an innuendo. An innuendo is when people keep demanding Trump's tax returns, claiming there's criminality in there, and they're released, and there's not a speck of criminality in his tax returns. Go ahead. Investigation. I mean, Chuck, 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 is it a crime to be uh, soliciting and purchasing uh, prostitution in potentially European sex trafficking operations. Is that a crime? Because Chuck Grass and I laid out about $30,000 uh, paid by Hunter Biden to uh, those types of, of individuals over uh, December 2018, 2019, about $30,000. This is about the same time that President Biden uh, offered to pay about $100,000 of Hunter Biden's bills. Again, that's that's just some information. I, I don't know exactly. Here's what I don't get. All right, Senator. It doesn't doesn't really look I, on the. It, it sounds sleazy, as you know. I'll what. take your. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take it your word that you're ethically bothered by Hunter Biden. I'm curious, though. You seem are, to have are, a pattern. Are you not? I, I are seem you to have a pattern. I, I'm a journalist. I have are, to deal are you, in facts. Are you not? Are you not I deal in are, facts. It says, Senator, my question to you is. Uh, I'm always worried. I, I have skepticism of both parties. I sit here with skepticism a lot. Ah, uh, shut do. up! You're a fraud. Everybody knows it. You're a fraud, and you shouldn't have a Sunday show. You shouldn't have any show, and you need a new barber. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Three eight one one. It's an honor to have my friend Stephen A. Smith here. It's also an honor to get away from Joe Biden for a little while. We'll get back to him later. Nonetheless, Stephen A. Welcome. You have produced quite a book here. What's that? Thank you, sir. I said, "How are you, my brothers? Happy, happy to talk to you." I'm doing good. Uh, you know what? I read this book. It was compelling as hell, and I'll tell you why. There's three words I I would say after I read this book. The American dream. You've been living the American dream, haven't you? Um, I think that I wouldn't say it's all been a dream. What I would tell you is that I believe where I am today, I am the epitome of the American dream. Right. Um, What I mean by that is that what I've said on many occasions in the past, Mark, when I've been on TV, is that when you look at superstars, the LeBrons, the Kobe's, God rest his soul, Michael Jordan, Shaq, and... Derek Jeter and all of these stars, they're not the American dream. They're American fantasy becoming reality. I'm the American dream because I didn't have those gifts. 
I wasn't that spectacular. I just put my head down, worked my tail off, scratched and clawed, and worked my way into being in the position that I'm in today where I live a relatively fruitful life. Um, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to be able to provide for my family, uh, to have a beautiful home, to have loved ones in an inner circle, uh, to be gainfully employed. To me, that's the American dream. I think that one of the things that we look at in this world today is that some of the reasons why we have so much salacious nonsense, so much stupidity, uh, and along with various other words that you could come up with a hell of a lot better than me, is that you have people chasing the fantasy and willing to exhaust every means and every measure to get it, as opposed to being able, being willing rather to put in the work. You look at reality television. Hey, let's make it happen. Let me, let me, let me do this show or whatever. They paid the some guy from Jersey Shore or whatever the situation. He once got paid five hundred dollars, five yeah. million dollars. I'm sorry, and my nephew you know, God bless him, would, would come to me and with a proposal so he could sit up there and make $5 million too. And I was like, what happened to getting your education? What happened to putting your head down and putting in the work and not, not trying to look for a quick fix? That's why I consider myself the American dream. Book is Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. It's on uh, Amazon.com. It'll be any major bookstore tomorrow morning. But you can go to all my social sites on Twitter and Parlor and Getter and True Social, and the link is right there. But this book has has a message for people, particularly people that didn't start out with a lot. You and an abusive father, your mother, who passed away close to when my parents passed away. We spoke a little bit about that together. Mm-hmm. Uh, had an enormous impact on you. What do you want to say about that? You know, I wouldn't, you know, other people have said that, you know, my father certainly wasn't physically abusive, but was he emotionally abusive? One would say yes. Um, I didn't look at it that way. I knew that I was more turned off and, and, and really just disgusted with his treatment of my mother more so than me. When I was younger and I got left back and he said, the boy just ain't smart and, you know, he's not going to be anything in life. Sure, that was devastating. Sure, that hurt. But I immediately went into that I'll show him mode, right. even at that young age. To me, the dev- the most devastating thing, and I'm totally different than my sisters with this, Mark. My sisters were preoccupied with focusing on his infidelity. My issue was his lack of manhood as it pertains to his willingness to take care of his family, um, to not pay bills, to watch a woman, because I'm old-fashioned, and I know that it's not the most popular thing to say in these days and time with this woke culture, which I am against, by the way, and I've often said that. Um, mm-hmm. I've got some progressive tendencies. I've got some conservative tendencies, but I damn sure ain't a part of the woke culture. I can tell you that. <laughs> and, 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 and when you see... Um, I believe that if you are a man, it is your responsibility to exhaust every means and measure to take care of your family, do your job so a woman doesn't have to. You know, of course, I love a career woman. Uh, I think women are highly more intelligent than us a lot of times, if not all the damn time. And all of those things come into play. 
But my attitude is that if the woman in my life has a career, I want her to know it's because she wants to, not because she has to so she can help take care of my responsibilities. Mm -hmm. My responsibility is to facilitate her doing that, and I get that from watching my mother work 16 hours a day, seven days a week, for 20 plus years with one week's vacation because of what he wasn't doing. And that forced her to have to take care of her children herself. And so my mentality, it stays with me to this very day. Mark, I go out, I take my lady out, I pay. I pay for dinner, Mm -hmm. I pay for the movies. I pay for all of these things. I just don't, if the one thing about me is I don't take money from women mm-hmm. because I saw what he did to my mom. And so those are the kind of things in terms of hard work and putting your head down and scratching and grinding and clawing because that's what my mother did. But I also remember what my mother made me promise that I would not be like him. And she wasn't talking about just the regular conventional things about if you get married on in your commitment, she was talking about the the responsibility of taking care of your family, taking care of your children. And that's why with my two daughters, I have a line. If I'm, if they're hungry, it's because I'm starving. I don't eat unless they eat. I'm not comfortable unless they're comfortable. I'm not okay unless they're okay. They are my responsibility. And I take that very, very seriously. And I also do that with my 15 nieces and nephews and to a degree with my four older sisters. I've always been that way. And you, you didn't start at the top. I mean, you were writing high school basketball pieces for the New York yeah. Daily News. You worked your way up, really, from the bottom all the way up. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. I started off as an intern. Um, Greensboro News and Record, Winston-Salem Journal, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, and then I got a job with the New York Daily News as a high school sports reporter. Um, I did that for 14 months. Then I got uh, hired by the Philadelphia Inquirer. I started off as the beat writer at St. Joseph University, got promoted from there to Temple. Then I did Temple basketball and football. Then I was a backup NBA writer. Then I was an NBA beat writer covering the 76ers. Then I became an NBA columnist. And then after becoming an NBA columnist in 2003, when I was named a general sports columnist, according to the National Association for Black Journalists at the time, I was the 21st African-American in American history to be mm. named a general sports columnist, which means that I had the license to opine and editorialize and give my opinions. Remember, this is before the advent of sports talk radio, before the advent of social media with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all of these platforms that allow you to give your opinion. Back then, the media consisted, it was very constricted, and people who had a license to express themselves in terms of their opinion you had to be given that license as a, as, with the title of a columnist. If you mm-hmm. wasn't a columnist, you were not allowed to editorialize. That's the era that I came up in. And when I did it in 2003, I was the 21st African-American in history to pull off that feat. That's fantastic. Now, how'd you get the ESPN? By the way, folks, this uh, is all in the book. I'm just bringing it out. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um... In, in 1999, while I was writing for the Philadelphia Inquirer, um, I started off at CNNSI. They hired me as an NBA analyst because I did an audition and they loved it and hired me on the spot. Two weeks, two years after that, rather, I got to Fox Sportsnet um, in California where I was doing, you know, 
uh, my NBA analysis, and then they also created a show called The Best Damn Sports Show, period. The interesting part about that, Mark, was that when I did that at Fox Sportsnet, I was making, was it $200,000 a year? Yeah. Um, or close to that, like 150. They offered me 1.3 million for three years. Wow. And I turned it down. Really? And the reason I and the reason I turned it down was because the star of that show was Tom Arnold, the ex-husband oh, of of uh, of uh, I forgot I, I forget Roseanne, name. Roseanne, what's your name? Roseanne, Roseanne, Roseanne Barr. Barr. Roseanne Barr. Yes, and he was our ex-husband. Well, what happened is he was a comedian. I knew that I wanted to be taken seriously, and I wanted to one day work for the worldwide leader ESPN. And I knew that if I was working next to a comedian every day and there was the show primarily was about telling jokes that I would forever be attached to non-serious comedic, comedic storylines and I would never get to where I was. And so I passed up on the 1.3 million and stayed with my hundred, 150,000 until ESPN came calling in a uh, March of, uh, 2003. I'm sorry, October 2003. I apologize. October 2003. Don't do it again. Um, <laughs> but that that was a little rocky, right? Because you left ESPN and then you went that back to ESPN. That was in 2009. Yeah. That was in 2009. Uh, they, you know, I was doing my show, quite frankly, a couple of years earlier. They got canceled after I did 327 shows um, from 2000, August 2005 to January 2007. Um, but I had achieved a lot, and and I was pretty popular. And I know the kind of work that I put in, in terms of the amount of work. But when they let me go in 2009, I was really offended and taken aback by that because I didn't feel that I deserved that. What happened was, a year earlier, I had turned down a contract extension from them because they offered me, I think it was like $1.7 million, but there were people that I felt didn't resonate as much as me and certainly weren't putting in the work and the hours <clears throat> excuse me, that I was putting in. And I knew they would get paid twice as much. So I thought I deserved more. And I turned it down. And from that point forward, my days were numbered. And that was very devastating for me because I loved what I did. And I truly, truly did not believe <clears throat> that I deserved to be let go. But then my mother checked me and let me know that my attitude could have been much improved that I spoke and I walked around with this veneer, this ambiance about me, this vibe about me that wasn't positive. And she said, I'm not saying you should have been let go, but you don't like people treating you that way. And you're not even a boss. So why would a boss want somebody like that in their shop? And it forced me to take a long, hard look at myself and rather than focus on being the victim, I turned around and thought about all the things that I did to put myself in a position to be victimized. And it was a long, hard look in the mirror that I had to take of myself, reflecting on the things that I should have done, the things that I could have done better. And I reached a conclusion that although I never deserved to be fired, I was far less of a valued employee than I thought I was based on my behavior and my level of production. And I had to give myself a long, hard look in the mirror 
and really reflect on it and, 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 and come to the conclusion that I could be a lot better and to some degree I deserved what I got. <clears throat> I'm talking to the great Stephen A. Smith. His book is Straight Shooter, comes out tomorrow. It's hot off the presses. A memoir of second chances and first takes. It really is. This book has a universal message. It really does. I want to get into this more with you, Stephen. Sure. You can get it on Amazon.com. If you're on any of my social sites, you can get them. We linked Amazon.com there. If you order it right now, it'll show up in the next 36 hours. Straight shooter. And let me tell you something about Stephen A. Smith. There is no more transparent person. You want to know what this man thinks about anything? He will tell you. He'll tell you things you don't even want to know. It's amazing. He just told you some of the money he made. You don't hear that from me. You don't hear that from a lot of people. But there he is. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. It's a short segment, but... uh... Do you remember when we met Stephen A. Smith? We met at the uh, uh, radio convention uh, years, years ago. ago. I believe it was around two, yeah, it was about two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, sometime around there. Did I have any hair back then? Yes, you did. I did. Jeez, what the hell happened? Yes, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and I remember you came up to me. You couldn't yes. have been nicer. You see, if you remember it the same way. And you said, I don't always agree with you, but but I but I like your style or something like that. Do you remember that? I, I did. I, I remember exactly what I said to you. I said, I don't always agree with you, but I respect the hell out of you because I know you believe what you say. You're passionate about it. And my attitude is don't talk about him. Go up against him. If you have a problem with his facts, tell us. Don't talk to me about what you like. Talk to me about what he's wrong about. Because when you speak, I find myself having to look up what you say. Because when you're talking about it, I don't see anything factually incorrect. Well, that'll get And the you fact in that you couple that with passion, and the fact that you, well, I don't give a damn whether it gets me in trouble or not. <laughs> I, I march to my own beat. But I, 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 you know, listen, I don't have to agree with everything. And, and our society is in such where, there's a lot of things that people may disagree with time to time, but guess what? The truth ultimately prevails. And when you're telling the truth and you're passionate about telling the truth, um, I respect it. 
And if you're wrong, it's there to be proven wrong if somebody can do that to you. I just don't see them being able to do that very often. Now, um, I, God bless you. I'm guessing uh, many of the people you deal with, regardless of race, but they're in sports. Yes. Don't have the foggiest idea who I am. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably know who Hannity is. Do you ever get questions like, how can you be friends with these guys? Every day. Really? Um, you've got a lot of people. Uh, you, you, you have some people from our community. If you're a Republican, they think that if you're white, you're racist. And if you're black, you hate your own people. Um, and so I don't subscribe to either. Um, you know, one of the things that I tell people all the time, I'm mindful of letting them know I'm not a Republican. I'm a registered independent. And I disagree with Mark and Sean Hannity about 50 percent of the time. You start calling them racist and stuff like that. You're going to lose me. I never subscribe to that. And I will always defend you guys on that because I believe that as conservatives, you have a right to feel the way that you feel. When I disagree, I tell you why. And we can have that discussion. And when I disagree with other conservatives that I know, we can have that discussion. But what you're not going to do, and I said this to somebody just last week, um, one of the challenges that I constantly bring up to folks is that when you're asking me to believe that a conservative or a Republican is racist, you're also asking me to assume that just because you're a Democrat, you're not. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, I can point to quite a few Democrats in American history who are flat out racist. Mm-hmm. And so I don't subscribe to that thinking. I go on an issue by issue, case by case, person by person basis. That's who I am. That's who I've always been. That's the man my mother taught me to be. And that's who I'm going to stay. Because you're a real human being. Hopefully we're coming back with Stephen A. I want to get more into his book, Straight Shooter, Memoir of Second Chances and First Takes, Amazon.com. I encourage you to get it right now during the break. We'll be right back. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart. Smarter Wireless. The book is Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Straight Shooter by Stephen A. Smith is with us. Stephen A., you started this show first take, which I watch from time to time. You know, I'm busy as hell. I'm taping a lot, but I try and watch some of it. It is a great show. I got to tell you, and you're the one who makes it a great show. Molly's great. She's a great moderator. And then you have these others. But you really started this show out, at least earlier, with Skip Bayless, right? Yes, sir. And he tell me, me about on. him. Yeah. Skip is an acquired him? taste. 
gives yeah, you know, a quiet taste. He's a, um, you know, I know him on an intimate level that very, very few know him. So he's an incredibly God-fearing individual, um, you know, incredibly private. Um, and he prides himself on being a straight shooter. His perspective is a bit detached from most. Um, and he prides himself on being a contrarian and going against the grain. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, obviously, that gets him in a lot of heat. And we all know that. Um, and he's sensitive to that heat from time to time. And uh, it's a challenge for him. But he's a, uh, he's a guy that I, I owe an incredible amount of my career to. Uh, the success that I've been able to enjoy wouldn't have happened like this had he not brought me on first take. And so although I find myself disagreeing with him 90% of the time, if not more, I'm still incredibly appreciative of the relationship he and I've had and what he's done for me, even though that disagreement never goes away. You appreciate what's come before, don't you? You appreciate whether it's sports or whether it's broadcasting or whether it's history. You seem to appreciate the people who have made things possible for you or other people and so forth. You, you, you have a sense of, uh, of, of identity. Am I right about that? I think as, as human beings, we all owe that. I, I'm quite sure if you sat down with Mark Levin, there was somebody that paved the way for you to be where you are today. And I'm quite sure you remember everything about him chapter and verse. Decent human beings with any degree of humility inside their soul are of that ilk. We don't forget the people that helped propel us to these heights. We didn't get here by ourselves. Even when we say through the grace of God, we're acknowledging and admitting something or someone helped us get here. And so I think that's incredibly important. That's something that we should always do. There's no way around that. But for me personally, when I highlight the challenges that I've had throughout my life in the book, how can I not be grateful? How can I not be thankful for the people that helped me get here? I have to tell you, you know, when I do watch your show as much as I can, because it's a fantastic show. Sure. I love watching this guy, Chris Russo, with you. Mad Dog. Yep. You know, I, I didn't follow his career. You know, I'm, I'm on a different path, but I still pay attention right. to it. You two have a chemistry, man, that's unbelievable. I guess you know that. Well, I would say, uh, yes, I do. I would tell you this. I have a chemistry with everybody on the show. Um, when they handed me the ring, um, and particularly after Max Kellerman departed and they gave me the ring to the show, I handpicked every single person that was on the show. Michael Irvin on Mondays, Keyshawn Johnson on Tuesdays. Mad Dog Russo on Wednesdays, Dan Olofsky on Thursdays, Marcus Spears on Friday, along with Ryan Clark and Kimberly Marr and Amina Kimes and various others. I handpicked all of them. And I, I, I credit them so much with the success of the show today because I went to them and I told them exactly what I needed for the show. I said, we want expertise. We want you to be informed, but I want you to have a good time. And I want you to enjoy yourself coming after me. I'm the target. It's all in fun. We're debating. We're not, we're not contrived. We're not making anything up. We're not faking our thoughts and opinions. We're being very real and authentic, but we got respect and love for each other. Let's always make sure that comes across to the viewer too. So we can all have a good time while informing them about the world of sports and have a blast doing so. And I'm the target. It's Stephen A against the world. Let's get it on. 
and they all <laughs> embraced it and they all embraced it. And I can honestly say to you from the bottom of my heart, there has not been one single day where they haven't delivered. And that's why the show is so great because it's consistent. It's not good on Monday, but sorry on Friday. Every single day we give you what we've got. You're on a lot of platforms now, aren't you? Well, now, because I have aspirations, I don't want to say, Mark, that I want to leave ESPN because I don't. I love working for ESPN. I love being in the world of sports. I love doing what I'm doing, but I don't want to be limited by it. Um, I don't have an aspiration, quote unquote, to talk politics. I have an aspiration to be able to do it when I want to. I have an aspiration to be able to talk pop culture and entertainment when I want to. I hosted Jimmy Kimmel in August of 2021 one night, um, just one night, and I was second in the ratings to Stephen Gobert without any promotion whatsoever. Wow. I want to do, do late night one day. I've got my own production company. I want to produce scripted and unscripted content in television and film and documentaries and things of that nature. And I own my own podcast. That's not an ESPN podcast. It's not a sports podcast. I own my own IP, my masters, my RSS feed. I own those things because it's important for me not to be pigeonholed and restricted by the company that I work for. I love them. I'm appreciative of everything that it's done for me. I hope that I'm going to be there for years to come, but I don't want my paycheck, my livelihood, and dare I say my life to be contingent and dependent on ESPN. I want to do more than that. If they are receptive to that, then I look forward to ending my career there in, in many years from now. If that's not the case, then my contract's up in two and a half years. And I don't know what the future holds for me then if that's not something they're receptive to. So that's where my mentality is. That's where my mindset is right now. And um, that's just how I'm approaching it. And I'm not speaking out of turn. They know exactly where I stand. I've talked to them. They know how much I love the place. They know how appreciative I am for what they've done for me. But they also know just like they have a right to expand and broaden their horizons to maximize their potential. As a company, I certainly have that right as an individual. You uh, you would do exceptionally well because these three guys, you don't need to comment on this, they're pretty much sort of the same kind of shows. You have a uh, an audience and you have an intellect, I would argue, that reaches across mm -hmm. racial lines, it reaches across socioeconomic lines. People are interested in what you have to say and the way you say it, whether they agree with you or not. I think it will be very, very compelling. I also think that's one of the reasons First Take is such a damn great success. You stand out that way. I just well, think, I strive. Yeah, I, yeah. Go ahead. I, I just strive to. I strive to be fair. Um, one of the things that made me very, very nervous, and ESPN as a company deserves a lot of credit for this because they stood up and allowed me to be me. We, you know, there was a time that we were being perceived, and we still are, as a liberal network. And what happened is I walked up to them and I said to them one day, and I'm not speaking out of turn here. Um, I said, you have any idea how many conservatives work in this company? I said it to one of the bosses. I said by restricting folks from commenting on so many things, every time one opinion is disseminated, is put out there, people believe that represents the network. And that's where division comes in because there's so many people that think differently.
We've got independents at ESPN. We've got Republicans at ESPN. We got liberals. Why are we acting as if we have to curtail people from saying X, Y, and Z because, oh my God, it, 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 it's something that we got to guard against. No, let them speak. That way mm-hmm. people will know it's them and not the company. And I say all of that to say this. I'll tell you something right here on your show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it's speaking out of turn or not, but damn it, I've been aching to tell it. And I, and I said yeah. there's only two people that I would tell this to. All right, now it you're saying it to Sean millions, Hannity. so get ready. It, it, no, 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 I'm saying it. it would either be Sean Hannity or you. Right. Mark Levin, I had an opportunity. I was, ex- I was, I was approached and explored. I'm not going to say, I, 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 it, it was CNN. It was CNN. And I was approached years ago about having the show. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm interested. What are you talking about? And they heard some of my views. And I didn't get it because they assumed I was conservative. Because they heard some of my views. They didn't hear my liberal views. They just heard what I was conservative about. Mm -hmm. And then they gave it to Don Lemon. Really? And that's what happened. You're better off for it. Just go. <laughs> well, listen. I, I, listen. I don't. I mean, I know he disagrees with you and vice versa. And you got no, no, that whole network's dying between us. Right. right. Well, well, they well, well, they're dying because Trump is no longer in office. You got to be careful right. what you wish for because when he was there, they had better right. ratings. But I don't get involved in there. But one of the things that, and I'm guard. I guard against this at ESPN as well. You have a problem with an individual. Speak against them. Do not speak against networks like that. Like I detest when people say Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, whatever. No, you got a problem with an individual, say that individual. Because there's plenty of people that are different personalities that don't have the license that primetime opinionated shows have. And when you say a network, you're castigating everybody. And I don't like to do that. I like to point to the individuals. That's just me. But, with say, but having said all of that, my mentality is still the same. At the end of the day, try to be as fair-minded and as objective as you possibly could. And when people will come on ESPN and they would say stuff like silos, like ESPN, uh, like, like Fox News and stuff like that, I'm like, uh-uh, who are you talking about? Right. Because there's plenty of people on there that don't fall under that category, and that's not fair. And as a black person, I don't want somebody looking at other black people and assuming, oh, if you pick the worst somebody's acting up that must be all of us no it's not all of us it's not most of us don't do Mm -hmm. that that's that person call him on the carpet call her on the carpet not everybody i'm very big on that telling you this is a unique guy stephen a smith straight shooter is the book get it on amazon.com any of my uh, social media platforms mark levin show twitter mark levin show getter mark levin show parlor what the hell else is it rich oh mark levin show uh True Social. Is that about it? I think it is. And uh, we got one segment left with the great Stephen A. Smith. I encourage you to get this, but you can see how compelling he is. And it's not just about sports, about life generally. And I've got a number of questions. For instance, a man of faith. Are you a man of faith? Are you a man of God? I don't want you to answer yet uh, when we come back. Now, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart. Smarter Wireless. The book is Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Stephen A. Smith, I heartily suggest you grab a copy right now. Go to Amazon.com or any of my social sites. Mark Levin Show, fill in the blank. Stephen A. Smith, you're a person of faith, aren't you? Or at least of God. I'm a person of God, yes. Uh, and, and and I definitely have faith, no doubt about that. I would tell you that I certainly could do a, a better job. There's no question about that. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm a dad of two daughters. I've never been married, which means I've had children out of wedlock. That did not make my mother happy. Um, obviously, I go to church. Uh, I pray. Christian Cultural Center in New York City, my pastor, A.R. Bernard, um, is my spiritual for somebody I consider to be my spiritual father. I love him dearly. And he always tells me, you are a good man. Mm-hmm. You're just a work in progress. So oh, I always recognize, he always says that you are a good man, but you are a work in progress. And so I know that about myself. And the key is to be honest about yourself, your flaws and everything like that. You don't have to be open with everybody, but you should be honest. Um, and I strive to do that as often as I possibly can. It doesn't mean I've never lied before, um, but I never liked it when I did. I can tell you that much. Um, and it's something that I strive not to do. And, 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 you know, that's not hard for me. It's not hard for me to be honest and the trial of truth, to be honest, to be honest with you. It's just hard for me to deal with people's reaction to it from time to time. But I've learned to get over that and just be as honest as I possibly can, particularly as I've gotten older. All right, before we run out of time, you really despise the Dallas Cowboys. That's pretty obvious. What's going on there? They're fans. They're fans. Just they're fans. They're fans. And yeah. it's all fun. It's all about sports. So, you know, your yeah. love-hate relationship. Same people that I troll and mess with are the same people I take pictures with and sign autographs for <laughs> and play around with them. I just, I just get at them when they lose just like they get at me when they win. That's all it is. It's all in fun. Philadelphia Eagles, are they going to make it to the Super Bowl or not? Uh, I think it's San Francisco 49 and somebody you got to watch out for. Um, the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey has really elevated them. This kid, Brock Purdy, the third stringer, Mr. Irrelevant, the very last pick in the draft, has been really, really good. He's undefeated as a quarterback for them. Kyle Shanahan is one of the elite play callers. Debo Samuels has returned. Their defense is real, physical, with a lot of speed. Um, they and the Philadelphia Eagles are the two best teams within the East, within the NFC. Dallas could beat them if they got past Tampa, but I doubt it. I think the NFC Championship comes down to those two. And right now, I give San Francisco a slight edge 
mm-hmm. because of the way they're playing at this particular moment in time. And the Eagles look a little shaky, don't they? Uh, because Jalen Hurts has been unhealthy. Uh, he had right. a shoulder injury and missed two games. Those were the two games they, they, they lost. He's like 13-1 and one as a starter. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was their record with him. The two games that they lost were without him, <clears throat> other than that one, you know, one early in the season. So um, they definitely are a different team when he's around. And Philadelphia's got some potential, no doubt about it. In the AFC, you got Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Kansas City. Those are the teams I personally believe that the Super Bowl appearance will come down to Cincinnati or Kansas City. That's just me. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of uh, the Giants, so you don't think the Giants are going to make it? No, I don't think they have enough, but I give them right. a lot of kudos for beating Minnesota yesterday. Daniel Jones really showed up and showed out. Saquon Barkley is a star when healthy, and Brian Dable is a star as a coach. He is really what they needed. I'm just going to ask um, you about and I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a coach of the year candidate. Top two coach of the year candidate without question. Without Who's question. the other one? He's done a phenomenal job. Um, I think that you got to look at Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, uh, because San Francisco is on a third string quarterback, and they still went like thirteen and four, and they've been phenomenal. And so I look at I look at San Francisco with a third string quarterback having won eight or nine straight games. I just got to tell you. Um, I got to give them. I got to give those two coaches the edge, but I can't ignore the job Dan Campbell did in Detroit, making them relevant again as well. So he deserves a lot of credit for that. He deserves a mention uh, for the job that he's done, and of course, the great Andy Reid in Kansas City. They lose Tyreek Hill, and their offense is still number one in yards, points, and passing yards with Patrick Mahomes. Folks, when it comes to sports, this guy's the rain man. There's no question about it. I can ask him about uh, Bocce, and he would tell me who's who's uh, who's in the lead. It's a fantastic book, Stephen A. Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Please grab your copy on Amazon now. God bless. Good luck. And I'll see you Sunday, man. Thank you, buddy. In this economy, we all need as much help as we can get. If you own a business, you're looking for ways to survive. Innovation refunds can help. Small business owners, please listen up. You could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Now, this isn't a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program, and have already returned $1 billion to businesses, and they can help you too. Go to GetRefunds.com. They do all the work with no charge up front. They simply charge a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. It's that simple. Now, this payroll tax refund is only available for a very limited amount of time. So check it out right away. GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Stephen A. Smith, the book is... Straight Shooter, you can get it on Amazon or any of my social sites if you're there, or just go there. 
Order it now. You can get it tomorrow or the next day. And I strongly encourage you to get it. It really is a very compelling book. It's very interesting. He's very interesting. Now, there's a lot of talk, rightly, about Joe Biden in the documents. There's not enough talk about the Department of Justice and the FBI and their failure. So on November 2nd, for reasons we still don't know, which Biden can tell us but will not tell us, one of his hack left-wing Obama lawyers happened to be in the Biden pen, uh, you know, building for whatever it is, gastritis, and uh, opening one of the closets and happened to find a folder marked private with classified information in it. But they are to be patted on the neck, on the back, on the head. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, they immediately reported it to the National Archives. No, they didn't. They reported it to the White House Counsel's Office. They reported it to the Archives, and they reported it to the Department of Justice. So by November 4th, 48 hours later, the Department of Justice was aware that classified documents had been held in an unclassified protected area for at least six years and probably held somewhere else since that office didn't open until 2017. So how do those documents get there and who put them there? What's the chain of custody? We have no idea. Why was the lawyer rummaging around in the first place? We have no idea. But here's the kicker. The FBI was sent to get the documents to secure them, remove them, and give them to the archives. They didn't conduct an independent search of Biden's office. Why? Why didn't they? The election's just a few days later. But they managed to keep all this secret. I mean, you don't want the American people, the voter, knowing that Biden mishandled classified documents. You just want them to believe that Trump is a crook. So it was quiet. Nothing was said. Then the Republicans win the election. It's still quiet. They don't say anything. After the Republicans win the election, not that long after, less than a week, Meritless Garland goes to the microphone with the triumvirate of Marxist radicals behind him and announces that a special counsel has been appointed to investigate Donald Trump. That's November 14th. Excuse me. Yeah. And um, actually, that's November 18th. On November 14th, he appoints the U.S. attorney from Chicago to take a look at the Biden matter to see if it's necessary to appoint an independent counsel there. Now, understand, regardless of what the recommendation is from this U.S. attorney in Chicago, the attorney general can do whatever he wants. Then comes December 20. What happens on December 20? Uh Uh-oh. 
the lawyers, his private lawyers, Biden's, find another batch of documents in his garage next to his Corvette. Wow. December 20. It remains secret. The American people don't know. So, November 2nd to November 20, it's about seven weeks. Almost seven weeks. Still no independent counsel on Biden. Still secret. And, of course, the FBI swoops into the Wilmington house and does a search. But it didn't. It went to Wilmington and picked up that cache of documents. And that's that. They never searched his house. They didn't search his Rehoboth house. Still hadn't searched his office. Why didn't they issue a subpoena? Not even a warrant. Why didn't they issue a subpoena? Because it would be public. Can't have that. Needs to be secret. So they're not going by the book. They throw the book at Trump and criminalize it as fast as they can. These documents haven't been in the right place for over six years. In the case of Biden. And it's a second location. In his garage, for God's sakes. And no, the vice president does not have Secret Service protection after he leaves office. Wow. Nor does he have a right to a skiff. Trump did, but it was denied to him by the National Archives. We learned that on Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin. It's amazing. Okay. Now, Garland gets the report back on January 5th. The U.S. attorney is recommending the appointment of an independent counsel. So Garland immediately does that, but he doesn't. He sits on it. Everything is still secret. Nobody's speaking. Nobody's leaking to the press. Then on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday, we have Mr. Comer, the incoming head of the House Oversight Committee. For the first time, a, a serious and substantive interview. And before he goes, I ask him the question about the National Archives. I don't believe they've treated President Trump properly. There's been disparate treatment of presidents and vice presidents and attorneys general and secretaries of state and all the rest. They said they all have documents, classified and unclassified. And he made it abundantly clear they're going to look into this. The next evening, right before their show begins... I believe the Biden White House, but somebody in the Biden circle leaks a very limited hangout, if you will, to CBS about the first batch of documents. And yet, they already knew about the second batch by the time they leaked about the first batch. So CBS reveals that on Monday of last week, Tuesday of last week the fact that the second batch of documents was found is leaked to NBC so it's a it's a limited hangout they're doing it in salami tactics hoping it won't it won't move the needle too much and then three days later January 12th last week they find another document to the lawyers in Biden's library in Wilmington. You see, if the FBI had done what it's supposed to do, 
The second batch would have been found immediately. The documents in the library would have been found immediately. So this was a cover-up early on to try and keep it all quiet because the press stick out these properties and you don't want to see a bunch of FBI agents. It's not like Mar-a-Lago, you know, where they sent a SWAT team down there and the whole world saw... No, 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 no. Because Biden is cooperating, don't you know? Well, he never received a subpoena. And when you get a subpoena, you negotiate the terms. You don't have to just bend over backwards, as I was explaining before. They didn't force any of the lawyers to sign an affidavit or any other kind of document under penalty of perjury. Not Biden's. No, no, no. They did all that to Trump because they're trying to set him up, of course. That's why you have the media constantly saying. But the Trump situation's much worse, you know. Much worse. And then as we're all minding our business on Saturday, uh-oh, another batch of documents found. Again in the library, five or six. That's four times. And still, to the best of our knowledge, the FBI didn't swoop in. Nothing. No subpoenas. No warrants. Nothing. And yet, Mr. Garland on the 12th of last week decides he has to point a special counsel because they found that one document in the library and the heat was on and he had the proposal. They couldn't cover it up anymore. But that was the goal. That was the intention. Now there's an independent counsel, a special counsel. Not as special as the special counsel investigating Trump. The special special counsel investigating Trump is a maniac. His wife is a Michelle Obama groupie who did a uh, documentary for her and her mother that is the rogue prosecutor's mother-in-law is another Obama groupie but that's okay he prosecutes war criminals in the Hague and we all know this document case is war criminal material The reason they went into Mar-a-Lago was because of January 6th. They were hoping to pick off documents. They violated the Fourth Amendment, in my view, and in the view of Jim Trusty, the president's lawyer. It was a general warrant. It was a, uh, you know, search and search and search and have a good time type warrant. They didn't find anything. They never find anything. It's like his tax returns. And, of course, what he did... And so, then we have Biden. Now they're continuing with Robodope here. Somebody once said, well, is he Ali or is he George Foster? Uh, which one is it? George Foreman. I said, it doesn't matter. He's doing Robodope. So now it's, we can't answer that. It's under investigation. And many of the questions they refuse to answer have nothing to do with interfering with an investigation. Zippo. We talked about that last week. Nothing. Nothing. What happened before November 2nd? They don't tell us. So the Department of Justice and the FBI in the case of Joe Biden was the Praetorian Guard circling the wagons to protect Joe Biden and they will continue to do so. 
The one special counsel that has not been appointed that should have been appointed a long time was a special counsel to investigate Joe Biden's financial relationships, among other things, with the Communist Chinese Party, with Putin, believe it or not, and the former mayor of Moscow, with Burisma, because Chuck Todd doesn't understand what crimes are at issue. Chuck Todd will never investigate. Chuck Todd is the Helen Keller of the media. Uh, and looks a little bit like her, you know, when the from a uh, when the lights are dimmed. But anyway, that's the situation. And they're still in cover-up mode. They still are. And so, thankfully, the Republicans control the House. Has anybody heard anything from Republican senators other than Ron Johnson? Have you heard anything, Mr. Producer? I've heard nothing. Because Mitch McConnell is buddies with Biden. They've served alongside for a long time each other. They have a common friend in the Communist Chinese Party, as Peter Schweitzer has written with respect to the McConnell relationship, his family, and the freight business with Communist China. That's McConnell. So McConnell and Biden, they're very tight on many fronts. And McConnell hates Trump, but loves Biden. And you have at least 18 Republicans in the Senate who vote along with Mitch McConnell repeatedly. Some of them are retiring, thank God. This guy Burr from North Carolina who had his own ethics issues. Uh, Susan Collins from Maine. Apparently they like a stupid senator there and Susan Collins. Don't worry, she's bipartisan. Uh, and we can go down the list. You got the one from West Virginia, too. I forget her name. She's she's a complete loser. Murkowski from Alaska. Obviously, McConnell bought and paid her uh, election for her election, so she'll vote with him. You've got Romney from Utah. Romney, who's put uh, unleaded gasoline in his hair for so long it's seeped into his cranium. Anyway, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. It's amazing when uh, Putin and his army slaughter innocent civilians like they've done all weekend long. He gets almost no attention. And when I post it, Mr. Producer, on social media, almost nobody cares. Have you noticed that? He gets the fewest number of reads, fewest number of hits. It's not why I post. I'm just curious. I don't know when we became supporters of the Russia, the old Soviet Union, and Putin, a mass murder as conservatives. We can have a debate over money, but that's very strange to me. There's almost no reporting in Iran where the people are still rising up and still being slaughtered and executed. I only saw one report, it was on Fox, that Netanyahu and the Israeli government said if the Iranians don't stop building their nuclear system, they're going to attack them. 
All these things are a big deal. We've got a very important half hour left, folks. So I'll see you on the other side of the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. If Mark has banned you from the show, we have a special number you can call to reach him. 877-381-3811. Biden at the Ebenezer Church, the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta yesterday. I watched some of this. I had to shut it off. He's such a liar. But let's pick up this piece of it. Cut 10, go. I stand here inspired by the preacher who is one of my only political heroes. I've been saying, and Andy's heard me say it for years, I have two political heroes my entire life when I started off as a 22-year-old kid in the East Side in the Civil Rights Movement and got elected to the United States Senate when I was 29. I wasn't old enough to take office. And then he enters the Senate, his hero, he says, is Martin Luther King, and he immediately begins working with the Southern segregationists to prevent school integration. Guy's full of crap. So he says that yesterday, right? At Martin Luther King's church. But in 1987, he said something different. Hat tip, red state, cut 11, go. During the 60s, I was, in fact, very concerned about the civil rights movement. I was not an activist. I worked at an all-black swimming pool in the east side of Wilmington, Delaware. I was involved. I was involved in what, what they were thinking, what they were feeling. I was involved, but I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. I was a suburbanite kid who got a dose of exposure to what was happening to black Americans when I in my own city. Mm-hmm. So he said he was involved in the civil rights movement as a 22-year-old called on the, a kid on the east side. So the guy is an endless liar, and the media just blow it off. I don't blow it off. How is he any better than this guy, George Santos, who they keep focusing on? Santos has no power. He's a backbencher, backbencher, backbencher. This guy's president of the United States. He's lied his way through his career for 50 years, five decades, half a century. And he's still lying. Even now. At Martin Luther King's church. But that wasn't the only time. Red state. Biden panders, lies, gaffes, appears to creep on a girl during speech honoring Martin Luther King, writes Nick Arama. And Nick Arama's correct over there, Red State. It's another great site. Joe Biden went to Ebenezer Baptist Church to speak during his service honoring Dr. Martin Luther King. And we know it was the church that uh, Martin Luther King used to preach at. Senator Raphael Warnock is the pastor. And he was embroiled in a rent scandal during the midterm campaign, but that didn't stop Biden from going. And, of course, Biden gave remarks honoring King, but Biden being Biden, he wasn't able to speak without lying to his audience, largely black audience. So naturally, he pulled out his old lie about being involved in the civil rights movement, which you heard was a lie. He debunked it himself in 1987. But Biden didn't leave it there. He gilded the lily a bit more, claiming that he used to go to the black church after he went to Catholic mass in the morning, every morning. Congregants say they can't recall Biden ever attending. 
ever. And does anyone truly believe that? Congregants don't remember Biden being there as a teen. Big surprise. Every time he says, not a joke, you know you should doubt the veracity of what comes next. Just the latest embellishment of his background that we've seen in the story of Joe Biden being the kindest, most open person ever. He lied about being arrested trying to visit Nelson Mandela. He lied about being raised in the Puerto Rican community of Delaware. He claimed he probably went to shul, that is synagogue, more than many of the Jews in the audience. This is truly cringeworthy. And they point out what I just pointed out. Democrats talk about George Santos, but Santos isn't the most important office, holding the most important office in the country. And Democrats and Republicans have called out Santos' lies, but Democrats have defended Biden at every turn not held him accountable for his continuous lies. Biden also managed to make a rather severe gaffe during his remarks at the church on the weekend by butchering the name of Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson, calling her Kajanji Ketanji Drown Jackson. (laughs) Mr. Producer, you got to pull that and put it on the mumblers list. Uh, And you could see the woman on his left furiously shaking her head. But then talk about completely inappropriate. Biden appeared to pick out what sounded like a young girl in the audience from the podium and asked if he could take a picture with her before he left. You're there to deliver remarks honoring Martin Luther King, not to creep on young girls. What the heck was he doing there? It's not clear exactly who he was talking to, but there were multiple little girls in the direction he was looking. That's frightening. Yes, they should get him under control, but they're never going to get him under control. No, no, no. He's a good man. Now he's going to run as a moderate, don't you know? He's, he's a good man, that guy. We have a 21% increase in the murder of cops in 2022. It's grotesque. It's well over 60. Cops killed. And hundreds wounded. So Joe Biden, being the slobbering buffoon that he is, he's at Al Sharpton's National Action Network. But that's okay. The fact that the man is an anti-Semite, in my view, and did what he did when he did it, doesn't matter anymore. Listen to Biden. With these numbers I just told you, 21% increase in the murder of cops. Cut 12, go. And as so many of you work so hard to pass the George Floyd and, and Policing Act, but since the Senate Republicans blocked it last year, I did what only thing I could do. I signed. Republicans had a proposal. It was negotiated by Tim Scott, who's more African-American than Joe Biden is, whether Joe Biden wants to admit that or not. But the Democrats wanted to eliminate all immunity at a national level, going into every community in the country for cops. So the slip and fall left wing civil rights Marxists could sue them no matter what and absolutely destroy policing altogether. The Republicans wouldn't go along. That's what he's talking about. Go ahead. 
the executive order that included key elements of that bill for the federal, at the federal level. It bans chokeholds and greatly restricts no-knock warrants. It creates a national database for officer misconduct that must be placed in the national database. To tighten the use of force policies, to emphasize de-escalation, we have to retrain... Oh, policies. you're doing a fantastic job. And all the murder and mayhem that's going on in our streets, particularly in minority neighborhoods, you're the best, Joe. You really are. Thank God that you were a civil rights activist. You creep. Go ahead. Why should you always shoot for de- with deadly force? The fact is, if you need to use your weapon, you don't have to do that. And look. What the hell is he talking about? You pull out that weapon, you mean to kill somebody. You know, you pull out a pistol when your life is threatened or somebody else's life is threatened. You don't do a shoulder shot or a knee shot or a, an elbow shot or a foot shot. You're trained to hit the mass. And why? So you're not killed or somebody else isn't killed. And so the man doesn't even know what the hell he's talking about. I just told you over 60 police officers murdered last year. 21% increase from the prior year, which was horrible to begin with. You have this flake who thinks he knows something. He knows nothing. Nothing. So the answer, of course, is gun control. That's right, gun control. All those people killing all the innocent people in our communities, uh, obviously the problem is we don't have gun control, right? Now, murder, last time I checked, is a capital offense everywhere. That doesn't seem to chase off the murderers. So you're going to throw on top of that a 10-year sentence for having a gun? And the guns most murderers have have been stolen. Or they're not trackable. But don't explain it to Joe, low IQ Joe. Cut 14, go. I am going to get assault weapons banned. I did it once. I'm going to do it again. There's no social redeeming value. Yes, there is. And they're not assault weapons. They're semi-automatic weapons. You pull the trigger and a bullet comes out. You pull the trigger again and the bullet comes out. They're not automatic weapons. Where you pull the trigger and ten bullets come out. They're not Tommy guns or machine guns. They're semi-automatic weapons. Pull the trigger, a bullet comes out. Pull the trigger, a bullet comes out. I'm going to get rid of assault weapons. What is an assault weapon? What is it? What is it? You buy a weapon, it's an assault weapon, even though you don't assault anybody? It's like having an assault fryer, a frying pan, or an assault knife like that mass murderer had in Idaho. I'm going to get them off the street. I'm going to do it. Go ahead. Out there, what the hell you need a assault? No, what I'm serious. What the hell you need? There's low class, low life, street urchin. What the hell you need it for? I'll tell you what the hell you need it for. Somebody breaks into your home. You may not be the best shot under pressure. When, you're, when your family's panicking, when you're panicking, when you hear somebody, they have the upper hand because they know what they're doing. They know they're breaking in. They know what they plan to do. You don't. So, yes, I need a assault weapon to deal with the assaulter who comes into my house, you jerk. What the hell you need it for? You're going to kill the deer? 
the deer. Now, there's a lot of hunters out there. God bless you. I'm not one of them. But I have weapons to defend my family. And they're not, uh, you know, one shot and you're done weapons. Remember, I used to say shotgun, you know, one blast, two blasts. Now, they're not shotguns. 357, 38, and uh, three more. Go ahead. And ban the number of bullets and go in a magazine. Why? Why? Maybe I'm a bad shot. Maybe there's three of them. There's no reason, no reason you should have 10 bullets in a magazine or more. No reason whatsoever. There's every reason in the world. If you're trying to defend your family, 10's not enough. Jerk. All right, what do you want me to do, Rich? Joe Biden, Mr. Gun Expert, Mr. Law and Order expert, Mr. Energy expert, Mr. Immigration expert, Mr. Uh, Classified Documents expert. Literally the dumbest man to ever serve in the Senate. The dumbest man to ever be vice president is now the dumbest man to ever be the putative president of the United States. It's a, it's a freaking disaster. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit fastgrowingtrees.com for details. Marcus, Gainesville, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go! Hi, Mark. It's so such a pleasure to talk with you. I'm African-American. I'm a very conservative Republican, but I'm not going to talk any politics tonight. All I want to say is I was listening to you the night after Barney was put down, and when I heard you talk about your buddy Barney, and I thought about my little lady, uh, what a great person you are, and I just want you to know that um, my heart is with you, and when I hear you sign off at night and you say goodnight, Barney, it brings a tear to my eye. Well, thanks, Marcus, and God bless you too, my friend. And you're uh, you're a gentleman. And we lost Marty, Marty, on Thanksgiving. Uh, who was fifteen and a half? He's such a sweetheart, a kind dog, a smart dog. 
and he fought as, as hard as he could. That was another, uh, you know, rip your heart out of your chest. And our, our cousin Danny's been through it with his dog, Sam, and then my daughter, Lauren, and her family. They have a new dog now named Reagan, but they lost two, two puppies. One had cancer and the other got some horrific illness and uh, been through it. My wife wants to get another dog right now, so we'll see. Sure we will at some point, but I don't know. Some people need a dog fairly quickly. Some people need to wait. All I know is they don't live long enough. You've got mass murderers who live into their 90s. You have drug addicts who live in their 80s. You have the most horrendous creatures crawling the face of the earth, evil human beings. And then you have these fantastic God-created dogs and cats and so forth. All they do is love. All they are is joyous. And you're lucky if they live 15 years. So that uh, that's tough. And I know many of you have been through that. You've told me that. So we shall see. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, the freedom fighters who want liberty in Taiwan and in Ukraine and the rest of the parts of the world. And I want to thank you police officers again. You've lost a lot of your fellow officers over the past year. But just know tens of millions of us support you. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. God bless.